0: Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges. Well, we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, Let's get into it. Our purpose, to do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage and the rest of us, well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations And together, let's Etch the Edges. Welcome back to Etch the Edges. It's been a while since I've been online and made a podcast recording. But as we all know, life simply does get in the way. And that's just the way it goes. But I'm still committed to... Etching the edges as it goes and doing the work that's necessary in order to close the ideological divide. In order to do that, we know we have to remain committed to reaching out, getting to know others, sharing our stories and our perspectives and seeking to establish context. To that end, I can tell you part of what's been my distraction from engaging in more podcast entries is the fact that I'm working on a new book and it's called 3FE to FCT. And FCT is Familiarity, Comfort, and Trust. 3FE is my own tool for motivational empowerment, critical thinking. It's uh, find, focus, establish the fundamentals, and execute. And to that end, I have a new book out available on Amazon. So interesting that, right? I'm, I'm working on another book, and I currently have one that just came out, just just published, so if you would fancy a tool, a mental tool, to help you deal with your everyday situations, no matter the level of complexity, I would recommend checking out 3FE, Find, Focus, Establish the Fundamentals, Execute, the Tool for Motivational Empowerment by D.S. Brown. You can get it out there on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback, so please do check it out. In any case, today, um, and well, I'm going to try to keep this brief. We, we know I can I can run on if I like, but I don't want to do that. What I want to do is be very circumspect, ap- uh, appreciate the time available, and in, in, in simply get right to the point, right? This is February, Black History Month. Um, I don't know if, if you saw it, by the way. I, I recently, over this weekend—oh, by the way, it's my birthday— um, I'm the big five-zero. Hard to believe I've been on this planet for five decades, fifty years old. And this weekend, as part of my birthday celebration of staying safe and distanced, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah, and I think it's an outstanding movie. It was powerful, and it told a story of enablement and courage, and fear, and loathing and loss. And so many different things, so many dimensional aspects of all the things that divide us. And as you as you watch the movie, it, it to me it's just amazing to consider all that they went through. And so much of it is still the same today. Quite literally, we are in the struggle every day still for ensuring that black lives matter. And as I Checked out my uh, news reports and the things that pop up in my inbox. I noticed one of them was about the Proud Boys threatening the uh, set for Colin Kaepernick's story. They're filming a story about his high school days and apparently the Proud Boys had, I guess, in their minds that they were going to protest it or something like that. It's That's all about hate it's all about division it's all about you know the things that separate us the divide that can trace its its roots all the way back to the founding of this great nation this this great country cuz make no mistake the american experiment in freedom and liberty is perhaps the greatest experiment in human governance in all of our human existence but it's so imperfect so imperfect You know, as Barack Obama said so many years ago, nowhere else on the planet could a story like mine be brought to life, you know, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing what he said, but, you know, a lot of us feel the same. And we feel that way because we know innately that it's true that had we been born elsewhere, things could be similar. We could have opportunities, but not the same kind of opportunity that America seems to provide to its children. And even though we face almost seemingly insurmountable barriers, the things that divide us, make our lives dangerous. This country provides a wealth of opportunity. And yes, it does provide freedom. The only thing that's challenging and so very interesting and colorful about American freedom is the fact that you really have to want it. It's not easy. American freedom takes work. And that's why we have to continue to improve upon it. And that's why we have to embrace facts and really understand who we are, where we are, and why we are in this when we are. And when I think about that, I think of the when we are right now in February, Black History Month, and we have to celebrate, you know, the the accomplishments of people of color that tend to look like me. Right. Funny. Do we do this for just one month? No, I celebrate American history, Black history, 365 days of the year. But we like to take this month, my birthday month, to highlight those things and, and talk about it in particular. And even though there seems to be some guy running for office who is a black person saying he would cancel Black History Month because somewhere within his frame of mind, he thinks this is the right thing to do, I would definitely stand diametrically opposed to such a thing. And we could call them all kinds of words, but none of those words would make a difference. He has something going on within his mental state that pushes him to think that that's what's right. He is definitely on the far side of the ideological divide as far as I'm concerned. And I, to be quite honest, would be interested in coming to understand why he thinks that would help us when there's so much of history we already don't know. You want to cancel a thing and we're not even third of the way in the voyage of truly understanding and highlighting the precious gifts that people of color color, have contributed to this great nation and, and all the things that we've done to make it great sacrifices that have been made and the sacrifices we continue to make today would he just thrust all that aside i don't know but either way he's running and we'll keep an eye on him as well but i also want to take the time to briefly talk about some things that are quite disturbing to me i live in swanee georgia and you know and here in georgia you know we've just turned blue you know and and we're highly we're excited we're appreciative we're 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 incredibly excited by the fact that we were able to elect a black man and a young Jewish guy to the upper house in Congress, United States Senate. It was a momentous thing on the heels of shooting, helping to shoot Biden over the edge to make him the 46th president of these United States. We followed that up with a hat trick and put a black Reverend and a Jewish kid in the upper house. That makes me want to sing about the upper room. But um, all that aside, you know, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that the aggressive, almost seemingly mindless opposition to their ascendancy is still out there. And I say it that way because, you know, that's how it seems to me. That's how I perceive it. And I don't want to castigate or throw arrows or barbs. At people who, I mean, I, I saw the other day, a, a, a woman was talking about how she was crying because Trump didn't win. And, you know, she was telling her mother how uh, she was going to have to take her child out of school because, you know, um, socialism was coming and we were all going to be run by China. It's a fascinating thing. And she was a QAnon adherent. So there you have that, right? We, can, we have to dispel the QAnon thing that that's that's a cult. And it's a dangerous one at that, but also for Black History Month, I want to highlight the fact that a lot of people, some Black people, are talking about all the great things that Trump did for Black people. And here in Sewanee, it, it reached my ears that someone was was teaching this in a local school, and they said that out loud. It it was it was it was it was cold, it was depressing, and it was a breakdown within my own psyche to hear that and know that some impressionable child of color, unless his or her parents uh, were, were suffused by the thought and belief that Trump really was the greatest president to ever grace this this nation. If they didn't think that, then hearing that as a child must be incredibly depressing. I mean, we know that, and you see the penultimate result of his ascendancy, insurrection, that there's a teacher out there in, in you know, the the right is very big on talking about institutions and indoctr- indoctrination and, and, you know, taking over the, the the minds of the youth. These are the things that they talk against, yet I fear they're in school doing it. Cause see, Trump was not good for me as a black man. You know, we can run it down the line and we'll start at the top. When he became president, my child cried because she was afraid that some of her friends were going to get deported. When he became president, I didn't think it was good for us because, you know, even though they're big on talking about how the current president is part of a cabal of of evil and pedophilia. This is this is a man who has had I don't know how many accusers um, come forward and talking about the way, you know, he abused women. He, he was a, my, or is a misogynist. He is an alleged misogynist. Let me correct myself. You know, those things are still out there. You know, he, this is the guy who said, grab him by the pussy. And you know, you don't want to invite that into your home for dinner. Now, of course, a number of people would because they're part of the QAnon controversy, but that is what evolved over the intervening years as our memories become short. I think about this woman who I saw crying even though she's off the QAnon thing. Now she realized she had fallen down a rabbit hole of depression, but she talked about how much she loved her child. You know good and well you don't want a man like this associating with your child. This is a man who looks at his own daughter as an object. This is not a good thing he says out loud, you know, to black people, you know, um, I'm the best thing for you. You know, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to choose? As if that really gives me warmth and comfort. When he said the thing about grabbing him by the pussy, I, I, I had to write him off. You know, you want a leader that's not only intelligent, but has character, that has integrity, not a leader that's going to kowtow, that's going to bow down to a foreign power. Of course, you know, the, the we can go to the Mueller hearings and everyone will say on the op- opposing side that that amounted to nothing. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the facts, he does not, he's, he never had, he never stood up to Putin. He, he didn't. To me, as a man, as a black man, as an American, I find that most distressing. I don't want that in my leader. He's not good for me. When I think about Black Lives Matter and how many peaceful protests I committed to and participated in last summer, and he says, if they start the looting, we're going to start the shooting, or whatever it was, he said, that, that, that doesn't fill my heart with joy. That's not good for me as a black man because he doesn't understand my plight. He sees people who look like me and are, for whatever reason, victims of circumstances, always criminals, and they need to be dealt with harshly, not to mention the fact that this is a man who was a horrible businessman and has a history of mistreating people of color who attempt to live in the properties that he and his family owned. I, I get no joy out of this, but I don't see him as being good for me as a black man, it's just, it it simply rings hollow. It's not true. We talk about how, you know, Trump was the person who, who really did help black people and got so many folks out of prison, part of prison reform and all of that good stuff. Well, he wasn't responsible for that in my opinion, right? I think Congress had been working on that already. And the fact of the matter is his department of justice, was actively working against any of the activities that that the the new bill the, the new law would would support. So I can't find I can't find any joy or or any any I can't put any stock in an understanding that he signed a a, a reform bill to help people of color. You know, if he was really really about helping people of color, I would have really loved to see him marching in a Black Lives Matter protest. You know, when Breonna Taylor got smoked in her own home, killed, what was the president, right? When Amon Arbery got killed, murdered, where was the president? When we talk about Black Lives Matter and it's a cry of pain and injustice, Not a desire to loot or destroy property. That's asinine. and stupid on the face of it to even call it that. And I have to say it that way, because when you talk to folks who want to stand on the other side of the ideological divide and decry Black Lives Matter, they throw that stuff out. And all I can say is, let me share with you a story. I have been in several marches. We've destroyed nothing. And it's fascinating to be in those marches and have more white people there than black people because these are my allies and my brothers and sisters and they get it. So I'm struggling to understand why can't you? I didn't see Trump at the protest. I didn't see him marching to support my life or safeguard it. And I didn't even see him out there on the six when he incited an insurrection cost the lives of americans no he's he is not good for me as a black man he is not good for me as an american you talk about trump and opportunity zones no i didn't get any money from an opportunity zone and i don't see any explosion of black business from an opportunity zone in fact the more i look at opportunity zones it just seems like it was one of the many things that donald trump did to enrich himself and his friends and you know um To me, that's just wrong. That's not good for me as a black man. It's that's not good for me as an American. You know, he he talks about how he makes claims on poverty and, you know, how he's been good for the the poor. (laughs) I I don't see it. (laughs) You know, I, I personally think Donald Trump thinks the poor stink on ice. And he he wouldn't be caught dead shaking a poor man's hand, let alone give him in a giving him a handout. If anything, he'd probably trying to figure out how to. You know I shouldn't go there because that takes the conversation down an ugly path, and that is not how we close the ideological divide. But I I do I do have to call it out. I mean a lot of the things that this man takes credit for he shouldn't. The economy in general, the decline in poverty in general, all of these things were already going in the right direction when he stepped into the White House. So if you really want to try and lay that at the feet of a leader, a president, a great man, then you know who you have to name. He occupied the White House. He left it in pristine order. He left it in good standing. And he shook the hand of Donald Trump and invited him into the White House. And in the finest tradition of this nation, he handed power over responsibly with accountability and due righteousness. He did it the way it was supposed to be done. We didn't see that last month. That's black history too. <laughs> and then uh, then right behind it, right, we, um, we saw more black history made. Thankfully, we've got a, a, a amazingly enough, you've got a, a horrible, and, and if you still, And we do have to say this out loud, you know, right, you know, 70 million people voted to keep Trump in office for whatever reason. And I think that really is where the telling of the tale is most critical. Why we have to do the work of closing the ideological divide, why I thoroughly believe in the effort to etch the edges. I think it's absolutely important because we we have to tell the stories. And if we tell the stories, we get context. When we get context, we get understanding with understanding, perhaps we can heal from the wounds that we cause each other. We can try and figure out how to close the divide. We can get an understanding of why you made the choice that you made, why I made the choice I made. And with that understanding, maybe we can find a better choice together. But thankfully, in my opinion, the choice of Donald Trump is in the past and we have to take steps to ensure that we don't go down that path again. He's been impeached but he wasn't found guilty. The Senate acquitted him. And we can clearly say why it's, it's plain. And I don't need to, we don't need to cast aspersions on those people. The reason the GOP in large part still voted to keep, you know, uh, to acquit Donald Trump and, you know, Let him continue on as he's as he's doing the main reason they did that is because of power. You know, power in maintaining it is critically important. To folks. Large part. Who lack character. And I have to say it that way. Because see what you really want in a leader in someone who represents you in political office. Is a person who does what's right for the country and the people, not for themselves. And that vote this past Saturday to acquit, especially after the minority leader, Mitch McConnell, (laughs) gave the strongest speech necessary. Gave the strongest speech that was a total indictment of Donald Trump. After that was said. It's it's painfully clear. That the only reason they voted the way they did was to keep their jobs. You're supposed to go there and do what's right for the people and for the country. And the right thing would have been to vote him guilty. Make sure he could never run for office again. And to hold him accountable. People died. People died in an insurrection. Can't stress that enough. In the after effects of. his his horrible years in office. You've got people that are still lost in a cult. We've got years of cleanup to do. Our infrastructure, both physically and organizationally, is, is in tatters to some degree. You've got cleanup to do from one end of the government to another. You've got tremendous debt, and all of a sudden, now in the middle of the pandemic, you've got people on the other side that want to be fiscally responsible. When for the last few years, they've been nothing like that at all. They've been anything but fiscally responsible. And of course, there's just the plain outright lies that have been fomented from from one end of the country to the other to travel all around the planet. These are the things that I'm thinking about all as part of black history, American history. Interesting. So to speak. Right. But it's where we are. So I say all that to say, you know, um, closing the ideological divide is still critically important. Understanding the issues is a must stay informed without equivocation. One can say that President Donald Trump was not good for the black man or any person of color. And to be quite honest, he wasn't good for the white man or any American. That much is really plain. He simply wasn't good for the nation and in the final summation at the very end his actions were traitorous and to add insult to injury he's not being held accountable at least not by congress but there is hope there is another as someone once famous said in a great movie there isn't in fact there is more than one others that would that are currently taking steps to do what's necessary. And we we can take some small amount of, of solace in that, in hoping that as the years go by, those actions yield fruit. Because make no mistake, Donald John Trump is guilty of many things. And he must be held accountable for at least some of them. In the meantime, we'll all be about the business of trying to make America greater than it ever was. We took some steps forward. We took some steps back. And now we're moving forward again. And though it's poisonous, it's poisonous on the hill. I think where the change really needs to be made is out in the nation between you and I. And you and you and you and the other you and the other. We've got to close the ideological divide. We can't shut the door. We've got to get off of Facebook. We have to stop with all the poison. We have to be reasonable. We have to let go of the anger and we have to talk and we have to share. We have to find familiarity. We've got to gain some comfort. We have to establish some trust. That's my mandate, my thought, my desire for Black History Month. And that's what I'm working on. And hopefully that book will be available sometime soon. Again, pick up the other one, 3FE, find focus, establish fundamentals, execute so you can apply a critical thinking skill set to the problem of closing the ideological divide. And then pick up the next book from 3FE to FCT. Critical thinking as a skill in order to go out and engage people appropriately, not with anger, not with rancor, not with hate. Not with so much passion and negative energy that you just refuse to listen. But with the ability to say, who are you? I am. What do you like to do? What's important to you? If that's so important to you, what do you think we should all do together to make that thing better? And is that something that's important to me, too? You know, simple things like being safe being healthy, having access to health care, educating my child, being able to feed my family, meaningful employment, being able to thrive. These things are important to me. Are they important to you? How do you think we can establish those things and make them mainstays in all our lives. And by the way, the person around the corner that's standing on the other side of the Walmart with the sign that says money for food, can we do something about that together? Help that person? Can we help each other? Can we be our brothers and our sisters keepers? And for this episode, I think that just about covers it. I don't know. I think I might have gone on longer than I meant to, but as ever, you know, um, it, it's kind of how it how it plays out, right? I I love trying to just share and and do what um, I think I should be doing when I put these little these little podcasts together. My small effort to try and help etch the edges, close the ideological divide, lean deep into discomfort and conversation, and do the things that are necessary in order to you know, make where we all live a little bit better. I hope you've enjoyed it. So please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Edges. And don't forget to check out the the Edges website. Join this little movement. Express your commitment to the cause. The cause of closing the ideological divide. Commit to building FCT with someone not Like you. That's the cause for a better America, a better world. And when we do that, we'll all be able to stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for yourselves. Do it for America. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.